1: Welcome to another edition of Alternative News brought to you by Romina Betsin
0: and Andrew Irving
1: from the Campaign for International Cooperation and Disarmament produced at the community radio station 3CR. We have another list of donors from uh, 3CR, and so far we have received a total amount of $2, $2,225, and we believe there is at least $220 to come. We thank you again for your donation to 3CR, supporting the Alternative News. Today we will speak about Greece referendum, NAIDOC week celebrations, human rights record of the United States in 2014. The referendum in Greece. The Troika's fear-mongering campaign backfired. Congratulations to Greece for standing against Europe's campaign of fear and blackmail. Greece's governing Syriza party campaigned for a no saying the bailout terms were humiliating. Greece became the first government that dared raise its voice speaking on behalf of the people, saying no to damaging irrationality of their extend and pretend bailout program. Greek people spread the word that the bailouts were exercises whose purpose was intentionally to transfer private losses onto the shoulders of the poorest and the weakest Greeks. Greek people have spread hope beyond Greece's borders. NAIDOC WEEK CELEBRATIONS NAIDOC Week celebrations are held around the country each July to celebrate the history, culture and achievements of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. The National NAIDOC theme for 2015 is We All Stand on Sacred Ground, Learn, Respect and Celebrate. This year, the theme highlights Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people's strong spiritual and cultural connection to land and sea. A brief history of National Aborigines Day Observance Committee, (NADOC). Before the 1920s, Aboriginal rights groups boycotted Australia Day 26th of January in protest against the status and treatment of Indigenous Australians. By the 1920s, they were increasingly aware that the border Australian public were largely ignorant of the boycotts. If the movement were to make progress, it would need to be active. Several organisations emerged to fill this role – particularly the Australian Aborigines Progressive Association AAPA in 1924 and the Australian Aborigines League AAL in 1932 their efforts were largely overlooked and due to police harassment the AAPA abandoned their work in 1927 In 1935, William Cooper, founder of the AAL, drafted a petition to send to King George V, asking for special Aboriginal electorates in federal parliament. The Australian government believed that the petition fell outside its constitutional responsibilities. On Australia Day 1938, protesters marched through the streets of Sydney, followed by a Congress attended by over a thousand people. One of the first major civil rights gatherings in the world, it was known as the Day of Mourning. Following the Congress, a deputation led by William Cooper presented Prime Minister Joseph Lyons with a proposed national policy for Aboriginal people. This was again rejected because the government did not hold constitutional powers in relation to Aboriginal people. After the day of mourning, there was a growing feeling that there should be a regular event. In 1939, William Cooper wrote to the National Missionary Council of Australia to seek their assistance in supporting and promoting an annual event. From 1940 until 1955, the Day of Mourning was held annually on the Sunday before Australia Day and was known as Aborigines Day. In 1955, Aborigines Day was shifted to the first Sunday in July after it was decided the day should become not simply a protest day but also a celebration of Aboriginal culture. Major Aboriginal organisations, state and federal governments and a number of church groups all supported the formation of the National Aborigines Day Observance Committee, NADOC. At the same time, the second Sunday in July became a day of remembrance for Aboriginal people and their heritage. In 1972, the Department of Aboriginal Affairs was formed as a major outcome of the 1967 referendum. In 1974, the NAIDOC committee was composed entirely of Aboriginal members for the first time. The following year, it was decided that the event should cover a week from the first to second Sunday in July. In 1984, NADOC asked the National Aborigines Day be made a national public holiday to help celebrate and recognise the rich cultural history that makes Australia unique. While this has not happened, other groups have echoed the call. With a growing awareness of the distinct cultural histories of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, NAIDOC was expanded to recognise Torres Strait Islander peoples and culture. The committee then became known as the National Aborigines and Islanders Day Observance Committee, NAIDOC. Each year, a theme is chosen to reflect the important issues and events for NAIDOC Week. During the mid-1990s, the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander Commission, ATSIC, took over the management of NAIDOC until ATSIC was disbanded in 2004-2005. Since then, a National NAIDOC Committee has made key decisions on national celebrations each year. The National NAIDOC Committee has representatives from most Australian states and territories.
0: United States Human Rights Record On June 25th, the State Department of the United States released its country's report on human rights practices once again, making comments on the human rights situation in many countries while showing not a bit of regret or intention to improve its own terrible human rights record. On Civil Rights civil rights are threatened by widespread violent crimes. According to Crime in the United States released by the FBI, there were an estimated well over one million violent crimes reported to law enforcement agencies in 2013. On July 17, 2014, Afro-American resident Eric Garner was choked to death while several white New York police officers were arresting him. Darren Wilson, a white police officer, fatally shot Michael Brown, an unarmed 18-year-old Afro-American, on August 9, 2014, in Ferguson, on Economic and Social Rights Despite the gradual recovery of the U.S. economy in 2014, unemployment and poverty still threatened the basic rights of survival for U.S. people. According to the figures released by the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the unemployment rate in the U.S., in January 2015 stood at 5.7 percent. Research showed that about 45 million Americans live under the poverty line in 2013. Statistics show that the homeless population reached to over 610,000 in the United States in 2014. On Women and Children's Rights, the U.S. disregarded the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women and the Convention on the Rights of Children. In the U.S., women's susceptibility to poverty, workplace discrimination, domestic violence and sexual harassment were worrying. According to the statistics, about 42 million women, about one in three American women, and around 28 million children live in poverty or were right on the brink of it. One in 30 American children were homeless. Women faced with wage discrimination. Nearly two-thirds of the minimum wage workers were women. The average woman was paid 77 cents for every dollar a man makes, and that figure was much lower for African Americans and Latino women reports of female soldiers getting harassed were on the rise in an average day in the u.s military at least 16 sexual assaults were reported domestic violence was widespread The estimated number of domestic violence incidents per year were about 960,000. Issues of school gun violence and sexual harassment were grave. In the first six weeks of 2014 alone, there were 13 school shootings. Children labourers were engaged in dangerous works. American labour laws allow juniors to work as long as his or her parents consent and the work does not directly conflict with school hours. This means it is perfectly legal for a 12-year-old to work 50 or 60 hours a week in tobacco fields. Based on interviews with 141 children tobacco workers aged 7 to 17 in the country's four largest tobacco-producing states, North Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee and Virginia, nearly three-quarters of children interviewed reported feeling sick with nausea, vomiting, headaches, dizziness, difficulties in breathing or serious symptoms while working in tobacco fields. Many of these symptoms were consistent with acute nicotine poisoning on violations of human rights in other countries. In the field of international human rights, the United States has long refused to approve some core human rights conventions of the United Nations and voted against some important UN human rights resolutions. More than that, the United States continues to go even further to violate human rights in other countries. The Central Intelligence Agency abused torture. As of December 2014, one 136 prisoners remained locked up in Guantanamo Bay Military Prison. As disclosed the Senate Intelligence Committee report released on December 9, the CIA paid a contractor 80 million. US dollars to come up with ways to torture people. To acquire intelligence from suspects of terrorism and extremism, The CIA used brutal methods such as sleep deprivation, waterboarding, long-term solitary confinement, slamming prisoners' heads against walls, lashing, death threats and even appalling rectal rehydration.
1: Khalid Sheikh Mohammed, a prisoner held by the CIA in Afghanistan, was tortured with waterboarding for 183 times. Some detainees also underwent sexual assault. Mahmoud Walid Saleh, held in Guantanamo for 12 years without evidence and court trial. The Los Angeles Times said that the report showed American post 9-11 shame as well as stomach-turning details of torture. On April 9, 2014, the U.S. executed Mexican citizen Ramiro Hernandez Lianas without granting him access to consular assistance a blatant violation of the Vienna Convention on Consular Relations, frequent violation of human rights by U.S. troops overseas. On July 25, 2014, two American soldiers based near the northern Italian town Vicenza, Gray Lamarcos and Ides McGill, were accused of raping and beating a six-month pregnant Romanian woman. The Philippine police accused American Marine Joseph Scott Pemberton of murdering a transgender. To date, the U.S. still denies that the right of development is a human right. In September 2014, when a draft resolution on the right of development was tabled for a vote at the 27th session of the Human Rights Council, the U.S. once again was the only nation to vote against it. Though the U.S. claimed it valued the rights of women and children, yet 34 years after it signed the Convention on the Elimination of All Forms of Discrimination Against Women, it has not ratified the treaty. It has neither ratified the Convention on the Rights of the Child 19 years after signing it.
0: Yet who is standing up to point out these crimes and support the victims of the United States? international media and Western nations stand solidly behind the United States. Any country, body, forum, even the United Nations, who in any way criticise the United States, are accused of being biased. But for the victims and the peoples that have been affected by the U.S. crimes, we all know who the criminal is.
1: Thank you for listening to Alternative News. I'm Romina Bettson.
0: And Andrew Irving.
1: Looking forward to your company again next week.
0: We hope that you enjoyed that podcast. And don't forget, it's Radiothon time at 3CR again. It's not too late to join the
1: resistance. There's many reasons why. We are great supporters of Indigenous people, refugees, the environment, students, people with disability, the unemployed, Medicare, youth, the elderly, and any of the above can be listed specific to what's important to them and endorse any of the programs on 3CR and donate to 3CR. Call 94198377. Go to 3cr.org.au to donate online All donations over $2 are tax deductible. And thank you for supporting the resistance at 3CR Community Radio. That's right. It's not too late to join the resistance.